good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Let's go. Here we go. Hour number two of the show in the studio. I'm a poet and don't know it. Get a rhyme every time. In the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. We're on early today. We are on early today. But thanks for uh, tuning in and being a part of the show. Getting some text messages on the country-pleasing text line. I ate country-pleasing sausage at my in-law's house this morning. Before anybody else was awake, jalapeno and cheddar cooked it up. Cooked it up. The dogs in the house were going crazy. (laughs) But that was for me, not for them. And uh, you can be a part of the show today here in uh, the second hour as we're on a little bit early. Listen to this stat before we jump into a guest to talk a little college baseball. Listen to this. If you didn't hear this, you need to. If you're keeping up with the College World Series, if you're keeping up with the sport of college baseball, Listen up. The other night, Notre Dame played Oklahoma. We know the results. Oklahoma beat Notre Dame, went 2-0. They're in control on that side of the bracket. Notre Dame played Oklahoma. At the same time, the White Sox and the Astros played each other. 1.08 million people watched the White Sox and Astros. Listen to that number. 1.08 people watched. Million. Watched. Sorry. 1.08 million people watched the White Sox and the Astros. And at the same time, 1.332 million people tuned in to Notre Dame and Oklahoma play college baseball. More. More people. A quarter of a million more people watched Notre Dame play Oklahoma on ESPN2 than watched the White Sox and the Astros on ESPN. That is a big deal. There's also a built-in advantage for anything that's on ESPN versus ESPN2, but Notre Dame-Oklahoma still overcame that. And look, Notre Dame's a big brand. Oklahoma's a big brand. I get it. It's not like the White Sox and the Astros, you know, are big brands. But what I'm saying is it shouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter in the past, but it does matter now. There are fewer and fewer and fewer people by the day connecting with pro sports. Be careful, college, what you turn into. Because there are more and more and more people connecting with college baseball every summer. Okay, spiel yep. over. Spiel well, over. Yep. Now over uh, to JS, the phone line. JSU one just called. He, he he know what he wants to do. Just before we go to Brooks. He oh, he wants to. You want to hear some boom? Just for you, JSU one. You asked for it. You got it. <laughs> The JSU Sonic Boom. I can't think of any better intro music for our next guest on the Divinity Equipment phone line than some JSU Sonic Boom. He is the man, the myth, the legend. He used to sit in this chair at this time every day. His name is Chris Brooks, Brooksy McJack, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. He's with 24-7 Sports, part of CBS, covering Ole Miss now, and he's on your radio. Chris, how are you, sir? 
I can't complain. I, I thought the sonic boom was for me. I thought mm. you were playing that for me, man. We did. Well, okay, we played it for you. We just needed JSU1 to call in and remind us to do it. How about that? Is that okay? I appreciate it. And I didn't know where you were going with the baseball thing. I thought I really thought you were about to give me some bad news on the attendance. But that's man, that's awesome. That it, many people were tuned in. Isn't that awesome? And that was again, that was the Notre Dame and Oklahoma game that on ESPN two at the same time outdrew the White Sox and Astros on ESPN. And I guess, Chris, I mean, you're a baseball guy. And by the way, I haven't uh-huh. spoken to you since, but congrats on your son's state championship at Northwest Rankin. And I know he's going to get to play at Jones. I know you're just beaming. Uh, yeah. You know, you're a baseball guy. And then covering this Ole Miss team and what they're doing and stories like Elko and Bianco and Elliot and all this is really cool. But I think that, don't you think it's sort of, it's just another indication of the growth of the interest in college baseball as a whole? Don't you think that's what it is? No, there's no, there's no doubt. And, uh, well, and Matt, I mean, you know, state's a great example of this. I mean, for the longest time, you had these blue blood programs that really cared, but you didn't have a whole lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, LSU and state, and uh, you, whether back in the day, Florida State or Miami, and you had, had places that were good and cared. But, I mean, we're talking 80s, but over the years here, you've seen the growth and you've seen a lot of it. I think money with the SEC network and football money being dumped into other sports and, and doing that with baseball, well, it helped build it to a level where it's self-sustaining in a lot of places now where um, people 20, 30 years ago would not have, they never would have imagined those kind of numbers you're talking about. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I think there's several reasons for it. I know youth baseball is as big as it's ever been in terms of numbers. It's everywhere. Um, so, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised. That that we have more interest in it, and and hopefully it keeps growing. I love it. I am a baseball guy. I, I love yeah. covering football too, but um, yeah, baseball is, is special to me. And you know, Chris, okay, and and I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm not only hoping, I'm almost assuming that Greg Sankey and those leaders are going to get this thing passed that allows college baseball to go up to maybe even 25 full scholarships on a baseball team if they want to. You know, I'm I'm. I'm going to go ahead and assume we're going to get that done at some point. And and my theory is not only does it help the programs who care about baseball, and that's everybody in Mississippi, State, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, everybody, but it's also going to help with the demographics of college oh, no baseball, doubt. don't you think? Yeah, and anytime you know you start talking about – when you start talking about demographics and race and those kind of issues, I mean, people – I don't know. You kind of you're careful how you speak about it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people realize the scholarship limit in baseball, how that affected minority interest in the sport. For one, just because of opportunities to play, and uh, baseball is expensive at a, at a young age, and doing that, and then as you grow, when you see these baseball players and you see where the full scholarships are going, well, you envision yourself playing other things. I'm going to get a football ride or a basketball ride. So, yeah, in terms of growing the sport as well, and look, and I have three boys, okay? Uh, I could use the scholarship money, too, okay? I, I, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, but just for the good of the sport and fairness and, and the growth of it, you know, I hope the scholarship thing passes. And, um, and look, and somebody that is really involved in youth sports and sees these kids fighting for scholarships, 
you know, more money for them. And like you said, and like I said, with um, with the demographics of it, that it, it'll be a great thing. Sure. Chris Brooks on your radio. Hey, and and Chris, if they want to follow you on Twitter, it's still at MS Gridiron. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm always going to be that and high school football guru do guys. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's going to the grave with me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to make sure. So y'all follow Chris on Twitter if you don't, at MS Gridiron. You know, so this is the obvious sort of next thought on the whole baseball thing. Okay, Ole Miss is in a great spot. Right now, in control, got a. They've looked more dominant than really any team in the college baseball postseason. They look like they're on the path to win a national championship. You look at state last year. Southern Miss hosted the Super. Um, the state of Mississippi as a whole, if we back away from our allegiances, Chris, it deserves national championships, doesn't it? Baseball is is great here. We can make an argument, and this is, it would be a debate, but you know we do the per capita NFL thing in terms of how many NFL players that we produce here. But I could make a good argument that baseball is better here than football. And you just look at what's happening. With and I know the rivalry is what it is with the state and Ole Miss, but the truth is, you might see this too, Matt. The baseball fans, it's a little different. I mean, yeah, fans get after each other, but at least on my feed, I see more respect for baseball from those fans. Um, state winning it last year after all those years of just investing so much in the sport to finally win it. Ole Miss doing what they're doing this year. And then Ole Miss has been super regional team. They just haven't been able to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. You see what Southern's doing. And Scott Berry down there, national championship with the junior college with Pearl River. And then, you know, Madison Central on a high school level last year is the, the mythical thing, but they're national champs last year in a couple of places, and your Northwest Rankin and Summerall this year are both top five nationally by Baseball America. So, yeah, baseball here in Mississippi is, um, especially per capita, if you do that argument, it's as good as anywhere. No doubt about it. Chris Brooks on your radio. Used to hear him here every day, and then he made the movies covering Ole Miss for 24-7 Sports, part of the CBS Network. He's got Mississippi Gridiron and Capital Sports MS, a little bit of everything. Hey, Chris, um, uh, you know that your former listeners on the radio, you know that they love you. Don't you know that? And, and I'm, I'm yeah, it's reciprocated, man. Okay. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of love both ways. Okay. And people that love each other, they they pick on each other. It's like brothers and sisters and cousins. <laughs> yeah, you know, they pick on each other, right? We accept that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to read you a couple of things here on the country pleasing text line. You see how I set that up? Yeah. I know. I I can. I feel what's coming. Okay, so White Denzel on the country pleasing text line says Brooks is no longer the high school football guru. That title now belongs to Jake Wimberly. Oh my gosh! Now that hurt my feelings. (laughs) That hurt. That hurt my soul. Um, No, I'm doing. I'm covering Ole Miss for CBS and two four seven. But uh, but I'm not relinquishing the high school football. Nor should you mantle. No, no, nor should you relinquish it. I just and especially not to Jake <laughs> of all the people out there, right? <laughs> I told uh, Bill earlier that Jake, uh, with that haircut, it looks like Eddie Munster grew up. <laughs> That's what it looks like in it. I'm jealous I, I of the hair. 
I uh, I love that man. I, I do. Too. He's love great. Jake Wimberly. Uh, and he's all about education and young people. Let's just make sure that we're... <laughs> okay. Uh, and also, Flowtown Ghost texted the show, Chris, and he says Brooks is on the radio more now than when he had a full-time show. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a snappy comeback. Comeback, yeah, right. Well, I just wanted to read those. I knew you'd get a kick out of it. Um, (laughs) And I thought it was ironic, too. We played the Sonic Boom as your intro earlier, and it was on your show when the famous quip came from your producer, Beaver, that he didn't like the Sonic Boom. (laughs) And we... we, uh, and and we promptly had a good time with that also. Um, Chris, back to baseball real quick. Now, yeah. I, I'm going to phrase this as a question, okay? And so okay. you just shoot me your opinion. Is it possible, if we talk about the potential growth of interest of college baseball as a whole, as we talk about ratings that are now outdrawing major league games in this College World Series, growth of the, the interest of the sport as a whole, college baseball, is it possible – that in this unknown era of college football that we're in, where everybody assumes it's a wild, wild west free-for-all, therefore the top seven or eight programs are just going to do things that nobody else can do and separate even further, is it possible that that drives some diehard fans of their universities to a sport like baseball where the perception is there's more of a level playing field across the country? Uh, Yeah. I, I do think I think that will happen. I think that is happening, for one. I think that's part of it. Um, with so much change going on right now in terms of you know college athletics and NIL money and, and transferring and all of those things. Um, you know, with all of that, though, Matt, I do think baseball is going to benefit here. But one thing I do hope colleges are careful with, you kind of alluded to it a little bit about pro sports, and I get a little nervous about the direction in terms of turning it into just full pro sports. Yeah. Though um, I do believe players should be compensated on some level. I, I do believe that. I think they've been taken advantage of for a lot of years. They get a lot out of it. I'm not saying they don't. Yeah. But there was a way to handle it without it being like this, which is just crazy. <laughs> right. uh, but I don't think, you know, there's a part of me, Matt, I don't, fans have always known there's money in college athletics. It's just not been in their face. Okay. They've, 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 they know that that's happening. It's an under the table thing, but just not in front of them. I think they can deal with that. The thing that, that I think is right now a bigger issue is with transferring and the portal and how do you attach yourself to players if they're just coming and going constantly. Mm. You know, I think they're, they have to figure out a way to fix that. Um, but I do think that there's, there's going to be a middle ground here at some point that, that the NCAA or whatever that organization is, I do think they're going to find something, a way to – so there's a little bit of structure here, but um, – but I do think college baseball is going to benefit from this. The scholarshiping, when they fix that and allow more money to go into baseball players, I think that's going to help. And honestly, you know, and I'm covering Ole Miss, and I'm super excited about what they're doing. Um, it's been crazy, the run that they're on. But when teams are spending money for, like, the new dude, when you spend that kind of money for baseball and what LSU's doing, what Ole Miss has spent on their player facility – a lot of places are doing that now, and I think it's dragging some of those other schools with them. And and I think in the long run, that's a great thing for baseball. I think you're going to see continued growth with it. Yeah, I do too. Chris Brooks on your radio. I, I think there are several factors too, Chris. You know, and I go back to 2014, so we are, 
not quite, but almost a decade now in the existence of the SEC network, for instance, and other conference networks. But the SEC network really shot it up a notch, and that is the constant connection to your baseball team. You know, whereas yeah. in the past, you know, in the early 2000s, you could watch every one of your team's football games on various channels. You could pretty much watch every basketball. But still, even prior to 2014, if you wanted to watch most of your team's baseball games, you had to go. Um, but then it, the SEC Network turned it into a deal where I can have my phone. I can watch every midweek game, every weekend game on my phone while I'm out in the garden or, or something. Yeah. You know, So the exposure for the sport has really picked up. And I mean, I would just think, Chris, that that is another thing that we look at that has helped you know, a team and a program like Ole Miss and state and others to grow and add to their fan base. Yeah, there's no doubt. Well, even like, um, well, with Southern being a group of five schools, sure. I mean, they're on ESPN Plus and they're watching their games and there's lots of those kind of schools. And look, I think you'll see the numbers reflected in the College World Series. You mentioned ESPN two not being the prime spot, but a lot of those people were watching these regionals and super regionals digitally. And you keep a lot of those fans when you get to this stage. But, no, that's, that's a great point. Back in the day, you had no idea, you know, of where – you had no way of watching a game. Yeah. You know, you're going to listen on the radio, and that was it. And now, I mean, you're not just watching it. I mean, it's on your phone. I mean, I'm about to run in the Y here and exercise, and I want to watch something on the phone, a baseball game, whatever. I mean, we have access to it. And you're right. When fans can connect players better and see them and get to know them and that type of thing um, – there's no doubt that's a big part of what's happening with baseball. Yeah. So you're going to work out in the YMCA? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I prefer the Y. It's an older demographic, so yeah. I feel a little better about myself. Sure. You know, right. I, yeah. I, I walk out of here feeling like I'm alive. So you don't have any. That's more my vibe. N- not as many big muscle bound guys asking you to give them a spot, you know, and interrupting your flow. Um, don't deal with that. <laughs> and then Jennifer, when she works out, I prefer her at the Y than somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. So um, that's also an aspect. Here. Sure. Well, let me guess. Ca- calf raises. You doing some calf raises? <laughs> you know what? The truth is, the calf, right? The calf, Matt. Yeah. They're God given. <laughs> there hasn't been a whole lot done to that area of the body outside of high school. I was I was determined I could be Jordan for a, a, like a summer. Yeah. Right. And I got those like satellite shoes you know it looks like you're walking around on yes. tilts all the time the platform i did yes. that for did that for a year but other than that i god just decided to make my calves you know look like my thighs for some reason it didn't help me jump but um yeah. it is what it is well it fast either. you know after an interview sometimes you'll pick one key quote after an interview and you'll tweet that to promote the segment and i'm going to tweet your quote is the calves mat <laughs> dot 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 they're God-given. <laughs> that right there is a quote. But I'm really impressed. I mean, you and I are close to the same age. So you, I remember those goofy things they promoted as helping yeah. you helping you get to the point that you could jump higher and dunk. And it was these shoes that had a thing that on the front that kind of forced you to walk on your tiptoes, right? Yeah, I did that for like a summer. And uh I'd go outside in the yard, and I'd go. I'd go play in these things, you know, uh-huh. thirty minutes to an hour. I'd work on the jumper, and you know, there was it was guaranteed. I think it was on the box, guaranteed <laughs> six to eight inches of vertical, <laughs> a vertical and, leap. Uh, that, I mean, I I touched the rim, 
but um, I, I, I'm, they're not marketing touching the rim. So yeah. That's about, that's about know, all I got out of it. The helicopter lure was also guaranteed. Um, <laughs> and the dancing eel. You remember the dancing eel with Bill Dance? Yes. And the banjo minnow. You remember the banjo minnow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they just throw them in there, and uh, it's 100%. I'm just every saying. Time, I'm saying, as a kid, I would have bought all those. But the problem is, I had no money. I had to ask my dad, and his response was always, "No, that stuff doesn't work. <laughs> You're not getting that." No, uh, I've, I've been there. Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, uh, last thing, Chris, will you get to? Are you going to get to make the trip to Omaha, or are you just headed out on family vacation and watch it from the TV no. at the beach? I mean, we honestly, I would have, Matt. Um, yeah. If they, if, if they're fortunate enough to win one more, I probably would have, you know, packed the kids up and let's make a road trip out of it, have an experience. But we're heading down to, I think we're going to Gulf Shores with the Atta family Saturday, and so we're going to go down there. And I life is pretty good yeah. if the worst thing you have to worry about is heading down to um, to the coast to the beach for family vacation. You're not kidding. Well, before we run out of time, let's tell you, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona texted here and he said he misses your show it was the seinfeld of sports shows and i thought man what a compliment that is yeah. jason's a good dude and i i do enjoy doing that show so yeah. maybe maybe we'll bring it back one of these days if i can if i can get these fill-ins to, to get off my time slot i don't know what are you doing <laughs> yeah i had to I, I had to move it up because life man there's life going on this afternoon you know stuff like that i know, I know. hey chris hey, well, you had fun with that i'll do it I'm doing my best to fill those big platform shoes of yours. Uh, thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. He's going to the Y. Everybody do it along with Chris Brooks. Here we go. Here we go. Stick around. We'll be right back. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Play it, Matt. Yee-haw! Welcome back. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer-inspired. I appreciate y'all being a part of the show, even though we're early today. Uh, a couple of hours early, jumped into the earlier time slot. Uh, thank you for accommodating that, and thank you, Bill, for accommodating that. Glad to have a show. Uh, you can still text me on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN, or 885 Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. That number is a 601 number also. It's 995-1059, 601-995-1059. So uh, give me a call. Shoot me a text. Love to hear from you. We enjoyed catching up with Chris Brooks just a minute ago, uh, formerly hosting a show in this time slot you used to hear him all the time on the radio here but uh, he moved on he's doing some other stuff and he's part of covering Ole Miss for 24-7 sports kind of recruiting but some other things also and uh, that note that I gave him or that I sort of started the conversation with I do think it's worth noting it's we, we need to see it you're going to see some more stuff like this now you probably chalk some of this up to Notre Dame obviously but Oklahoma's a big uh, fan base too 
but it was that the Notre Dame and Oklahoma baseball game the other night on ESPN2 drew a bigger television rating than the White Sox and the Astros on regular ESPN. Lots of things go into that. I mean, you're talking about a really long regular season. You're talking about a short postseason in college baseball, although it was not an elimination game. Two big brands in the college world, Notre Dame and Oklahoma. But it just kind of shows you where things are really in the sports landscape as it pertains to regular season pro baseball. Uh, it's just a, a dwindling interest because they have very poor leadership. Manfred and those, they don't realize what they're doing. But they're killing so much of what they, they, they have. They, MLB just needs new leadership and new ideas all the way around. Uh, an entirely new approach, I, I think, especially in connecting major league teams to their fan bases via TV. They make it so hard. They make it so hard because they're catering to some, I don't know, antiquated idea of having one major carrier for Major League Baseball, and it's hurting their distribution, and therefore it's hurting their viewership and their fan base, and you're not going to grow the sport that way. Meanwhile, the interest in college baseball is continuing to grow. It's not this you know, rapid uh, – stampede of fans from all over the globe running to their nearest college baseball game. That's not it. It's just a steady increase, a steady, slow, every year more and more people come to the game. And the television coverage has a lot to do with that. Big brands, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, big TV rating, and a game that wasn't even the finals. So that's a that's certainly a win for college baseball. Got it? We on the same page? Okay, good. We will now turn the page, page two. Sorry, I stole that from the late, great Paul Harvey. And on page two today is our countdown of 90 teams in 90 days. Defense! Defense! Oh, shoot this thing! Set your watch for 90. It won't be long. 90 days, Jerry! Yeah! Here we go! So the countdown of 90 teams in 90 days. It's college football. And today we are 74 days away from the first Saturday in September. And team number 74 on the countdown is from a Power 5 Cuffins. Hokey, hokey, hokey high. I think they say that at Virginia Tech. The Virginia Tech Hokies. Isn't that what they are? The Hokies? The Hokies. What the heck is a Hokie? Uh, Holiday Hoobie Wedding? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's like, I know a turkey. I know they have a turkey as sort of a mascot. You may know what a Hokie is. I don't know. Is, when I've seen the Hokie, it kind of looks like a cowboy type thing. I'm not real sure. Let me look here. Yeah, look what a Hokie is. Is it, is it okay. a turkey? Virginia Tech has a Hokie bird. Hokie bird, that's it. Yeah, okay. The Hokie bird is the official mascot of Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University in Blacksburg, Virginia. The successor to Virginia Tech's Fighting Gobblers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Hokie Bird was created in 1981 and has retained its current appearance since 1987. Uh, somebody wrote a story about seven or eight years ago that said, what the heck is a Hokie anyway? Problem is, I don't have time to read through all of this. They have the the cheer that they do at the Virginia Tech games. Hokey, hokey, hokey high. Tech, tech, VPI. Solarex, Solara, Polytech, Virginia. Ray, Ra, VPI. Team, team, team. My response is, boy. But but hey, look, tradition, man, tradition. Yeah. Yeah, run, run with it, do your thing. Now. A little longer than hotty toddy, or go head on with it, as they say. Hail state. Yeah, yeah. Bless your heart at the same time. Yeah, bless your heart. Well, hail state's different. We right. say hail state. It's the name of the fight song. Yeah. You know, hail state is the name of the hotty toddy. It's not the name of the song, but, but it's just two yeah, words. Everybody knows it. Yeah. It's a little hokey. Hotty toddy's a little hokey. Yeah. But, man, the, the Ole Miss fans love it. And when for them, when they hear it at a ball game, it's a rallying cry, man. It's a big thing. Oh, yeah. They did it at the baseball game the other night. And Hail State. You know, people go around saying Hail State to each other. It's like a greeting. Yeah. It has set in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you let the fight song but, for State start playing when those first three notes go, bomb, bomb, bomb. Bob and everybody just say, like, "Oh, you get the hair stand up on the back of your neck." But hokey, how can you remember all that hokey stuff? <laughs> There's so many puns. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Virginia Tech is team number seventy-four in the countdown of ninety teams in ninety days. Uh, Virginia Tech went six and seven last year. Brent Pry. Is the new coach. They got rid of uh, the former guy who had been the, the Memphis coach. What was his name? Fuente? Justin Fuente? He was at Memphis. Did a great job. Went to Virginia Tech. And it never did really take off, so they've made a change at head coach. They were 6-7 and seven a year ago, 4-4 uh, four and four in that uh, ACC. They are in the Coastal Division, so they're in the same division of the ACC with Pittsburgh and Miami, not in the division with Clemson. And Florida State, so kind of put, you know, uh, the Hokies where they are. This year's schedule, they don't actually start the season in 74 days on that Saturday. They're starting on Friday. So Friday night, September the 2nd, a night game on ESPNU. You'll turn it on if you're not at a high school game, which you should be. But if you're not, you'll turn it on, and there will be uh, Virginia Tech playing a game at Old Dominion. So they're going to open their season on a Friday night. We're talking about a big-time ACC team at Old Dominion in Conference USA. They will host Boston College in Week 2. They go out of Conference Week 3. They host Wofford. And then they're later hosting West Virginia from the Big 12. Uh, and then another thing. So when you look at Virginia Tech schedule, so, you know, then they get into the ACC stuff. But late in the year before their rivalry game with Virginia, the next to the last week of the season, they travel to Liberty. We had Liberty on the show a couple days ago. And that's worth noting. So you're talking about an ACC team that's playing road games in the same season at Old Dominion and at Liberty. I found that very, uh, very interesting. Of course, to be 6-7 and seven, finishing a season last year, you would automatically think they played in a bowl game and lost it. And that is the case. They were a 6-6 six and six regular season team. They had a really tough stretch in the middle of the year there. 6-6 six and six in the regular season. Played Maryland 
in the new era pinstripe bowl and absolutely got hammered lost to maryland 54 to 10 in the uh, pinstripe bowl at yankee stadium the regular season last year they started 2 and 0 in fact they had maybe the, one of the biggest national upsets in week 1 of the season last year you had North Carolina ranked in your top 10 in the first week of the season, and Virginia Tech upset them 17-10 to in that first week, and then they beat Middle Tennessee. Lost to West Virginia, beat Richmond. They were 3-1 and at that point, and then ran off three consecutive losses to Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, and Syracuse. That put them sitting there at 3-4. and They beat Georgia Tech in Atlanta to get to 4-4 four and overall. Turned around, lost to Boston College, and couldn't score. They lost 17-3. to Put them at uh, four and five. Uh, beat Duke to go five and five, and then split their last two games. Lost at Miami in a close game, thirty-eight twenty-six. Won the season finale uh, over their rival at Virginia, twenty-nine twenty-four. And then, of course, to say it's kind of like State, you know, kind of have a mediocre record and then go to the bowl game and just get embarrassed in the bowl game. Mississippi State kind of did the same thing. So that was Virginia Tech. Last year, and I think the most important thing in all of this, in covering team number seventy-four in the countdown of ninety teams in ninety days, was learning that they used to be the Fighting Gobblers, <laughs> and changed it to Hokies because the Hokie Bird is a turkey. I'm not sure I understood or knew. Uh, that. As my dad would say, Bill, I don't understand all I know about that. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, it's pretty neat. You know, not just anybody can pull it off being a turkey. <laughs> uh, but they can. Uh, a few turkeys. But they can pull it off. All right. We still have some time left with you today. We're going to wrap things up when we come back next here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Back. A few minutes with you left here today on this Tuesday. Started the show early today. Moved it up a couple of hours. And appreciate you coming by and being a part of it with us today. Thank you so much for your texts and your calls. You can still get them in, too. I hope you will. Country Please and text line 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Jay, I was talking about the flying lure, the helicopter lure, the banjo minnow, you know, those TV uh, infomercial magic fishing lures they used to advertise and see how many they could sell. Ron Popeil with the magic fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Jason and Flagstaff texted and said, yep. Bought a bunch of those flying lures things. They didn't work at all until I figured out a way to rig one, uh, rig the soft plastic part of it onto a Roadrunner jig. Yeah, you had to modify modify it. My story was I, I had a buddy named John in high school. We were always we were two different individuals from you know different walks of life. But one thing we had in common was fishing, and we talked about fishing at school all the time. We started sharing fishing stories. And we even decided, hey, man, you bring your stuff, I'll bring my stuff, and we'll slip off from school one day, and we'll go fishing up so-and-so, you know, and we'll be back before school's out and everything be hunky-dory. And so we did it. And when we showed up, 
He told me, we got in the car. We drove to this lake. This was during school. I do not recommend this. Don't skip school. But we did it. We were in my car, and we drove to this lake he had permission to fish in. He was really happy because he had ordered the helicopter lure. <laughs> Look it up. He's like, man, it works. It's like a buzz bait on top of the water. works this, that, and the other. He couldn't wait to get it to that lake to throw this thing. He's told me for 10 minutes on the drive to this lake about buying it, how long it took to come in, how many of them he ordered, the different colors they came in. It's guaranteed to work. We got to the edge of the bank. He reared back with this spinning rod that he had tied it onto and flung it, cast it, and it went pew, detached from the end of his line. It was a helicopter lure, all right, for about three seconds. Yep. Airborne as it went about 150 yards out into the middle of that pond and bloop and gone. You guys were play, actually playing. I thought, man, hooky. did you not tie a better knot? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh at him. Uh, took him two weeks to get it in. Yep. Took him 15 minutes to explain it to me. And took him five seconds to lose it. All right. And then I got a text here that said, Matt, you have a great show. Wish you were on more. But, parentheses, you probably knew a butt was coming. But in the past, you really pushed paying college athletes. I squeezed the steering wheel every time I heard it. It's done now, and what a big mess has been created. And there's no going back, he says. So many things could take college athletics to extinction, and the portal is just as bad. Hang in there, go dogs, from unnamed texture. Well, I, you know, maybe some things I've said in the past could be perceived as really pushing to pay athletes. However, I, my first reaction, honestly, is that you have me confused. Uh, my friend Chris Brooks, who we interviewed earlier, who used to do a show uh, every day for two hours in this time slot, uh, he, he really did. He used to really push for them to be paid. I, on the other hand, didn't. There were times when I would discuss good ideas. I mean, you could see the inevitability that it was coming in some shape, form, or fashion. I've talked about ideas. But at the same time, I've also said that, you, you know, I don't know that I've ever really been someone pushing for them to get paid. And so my first reaction is maybe you've just gotten me confused with someone else. But at the same time, you said I have a good show. So if I'm going to take that compliment, then I would have to also take the criticism, right? And I totally get it. Totally get it. All right. Uh, a couple of notes for you. Check this out. Here's a historical note for you in the music world. On this day, Bill, on this day, all the way back in 2001, all those years ago back in 2001, on this day in 2001, John Lee Hooker, American blues singer-guitarist, died in his sleep at aged 83. Bunch of hits, Boom Boom, Dimples, I'm in the Mood, songs covered by ACDC, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, the like. He was in the Blues Brothers movie. Born in Tutwiler, Mississippi. Between Clarksdale and Greenwood, out in the middle of nowhere on Highway 49. We lost John Lee Hooker on this day in 2001. Listen in just a minute. Where my mama did lie me, she had to 
Chillin'. Yeah, that's uh, him and his guitar and a microphone in 1948. An original recording in 1948. Wow, that's incredible. Who needed a big studio? Town, <laughs> I was walking down Haven Street. When he passed away on this day back in 2001, uh, it said he was either 83 or 88. <laughs> But they didn't. The records. The records, right. I said, yes, people. Yes, they were really having a ball. Hey, Jason out in Flagstaff, if you're listening, he had a song that he recorded in 1949 called Crawling King Snake. Yeah. So look that one up. Boogie chillin'. Boogie chillin'. It's just born amazing. In, born in Tutwiler, Mississippi. Amazing. Uh, Get that in, kind of sound out of just him and a guitar. It was either 1912 or 1917. What you want to bet they found a document and couldn't tell if it was a two or a seven? Probably so. That's Guaranteed the way it usually yes, works, yeah. And so they didn't know. Um, lived to a ripe old age, though. Still playing music uh, in his 80s. Passed away in his sleep in 2001. Yeah, and I, you know, Tutwiler, I've heard that name before. Um, it is not far from Parchment, you know. So that area, again, if you're looking at a map, you go to Greenwood and then kind of head north, northwest on 49. You go from, uh, well, you got to hit a road or two, but eventually you get on 49, you kind of go up past Swan Lake and then head towards Clarksdale. Uh, you go through Tutwater. But, you know, Parchman is in that area, too, between Greenwood and Clarksdale out in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. Uh, so there you go. There was another one on here, Bill, a couple I was going to pass along to you. So on this day in 2011, People Magazine reported that 75-year-old Glenn Campbell had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Um and he put a quote out when he got that diagnosis. He said, I still love making music, and I still love performing for my fans. I'd like to thank them for sticking with me through thick and thin. That was the Glenn Campbell. You know, all these songs, and, and he was such a great musician, uh, guitar player. He passed away in 2017, so you know, six years, a good six years after that diagnosis. But I think about Wichita Lineman when I think about Glenn Campbell. Do you think of another song when you think of Glenn Campbell, Bill, or Wichita Lineman? Maybe? Yeah, uh, that one. And, hold on one second. Here. Okay, he's oh, looking pulling it up. it up right now. He's looking it up. You're probably going to remember this one. If I can open it. Yeah, he had a, well, you had a string of hits. Let's see, in the 80s. Here's a good one. This is Glenn Campbell. Yep. Oh, yeah. Galveston. Yeah. I still hear you. Yeah, that one. It's uh, calling. Yeah. Sing along. Yeah, sing along with Galveston. Uh, 
He wasn't the rhinestone cowboy guy, was he? Yes, he was. He was? Well, shoot, I just gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> well, that's not the one I'm going to play. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wichita lineman. Oh, come on. Southern Knights. Southern Knights, Glenn Campbell. Southern Knights. Have you ever felt a Southern Knight? <laughs> there you go. Come on. He could. He was an unreal singer, but the thing is, Bill. He was also an unreal guitar player. Yeah, he played with the Beach Boys and yeah, their tours and their records. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Jason, look that song up from John Lee Hooker, "Crawling Kings." Had his own TV show too. Yeah, I've been walking these streets so long. Yeah, he played a concert here in Jackson not long before he had to give it up. You know. That's Rhinestone Cowboy that, right there. For that's those. Rhinestone Cowboy. Just a Rhinestone Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that was back during a time where there were a whole bunch of Rhinestone Cowboys walking around. <laughs> so that was... Um, There's been a load of compromising. I know y'all didn't tune in to hear me sing. So what? <laughs> sing along so you don't have to listen to me. But Here it comes. I'm gonna be where the lights are shining on me Like a rhinestone cowboy That's good stuff. And one, I don't know if you if you remember of this one. If I can get it to come up here in a second. Play a little bit of it before our music takes it away. Okay. This is before. Bill, I hit you with that. I'll see y'all tomorrow, same time, same place. No, different time.